is Joseph Arangio from tacticalworkouts.com. And today I have a very, very special guest. Paul James Rourke Jr. is a retired United States Marine Corps Master Gunnery Sergeant. Paul joined the Corps in 1981 and he served on active duty for the next 28 years, during which he saw service in over 35 countries to include three combat tours, the last being a year in Iraq. Since retiring from active service, Paul now works as a physical training and leadership instructor at the U.S. Navy International Training Center located on the Naval Air Station in Pensacola, Florida. Paul is also the author of Core Strength. The book is awesome. It's straight and direct. It's a must-read for anybody who wants the truth on elite military fitness training. Paul, thank you so much for, for being on the call. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Can you provide a couple examples of real-world body weight-only workouts that military operators are doing in the field? People are probably sticking with the basic stuff. There's going to be limited equipment, uh, limited facilities. Even though they do have, like when I was in Iraq, they had some, uh, they had some pretty good gyms and, and, and a bigger basis. People are going to stick with the basics. They're going to stick with what works, and they're also going to stick with the, they're going to mirror their training in the rear. And because their training is going to be focused on what their particular job is, some people are going to be more, uh, they're going to be heavy on the running side. Some people are going to do a lot more. Uh, with the weight, you pretty much can find kettlebells anywhere. But I would, I would guess, and what I would recommend uh, in any case would be, you know, combinations of, uh, you know, your basic standbys, push-ups, eight counts, and lots of uh, pull-ups, uh, a lot of stretching. And, you know, you just vary the, the – I'm sure they're varying the intensity uh, based on their fitness level and what their goals are. I would say that if you was to take any normal body weight routine, well, what we like to do is we like to do supersets here. We like to do pyramid sets of pull-ups, push-ups, and some type of ab movement. Or sometimes, a lot of times we'll do, uh, especially in, in, in place of running, we'll do a, a set of pull-ups with a, with a full body uh, weight movement, like an eight count or a burpee, or what we call our favorite here, our favorite torture device here at the at the International Schoolhouse is what we call nine counts, which is uh, a regular eight-count bodybuilder, but at the end you jump like a burpee. So we mm. try to do like one pull-up. We'll do, we'll do doubles, which means one pull-up, two, two nine counts, two pull-ups, four, four nine counts, or we'll do triples depending on the, you know, or, or singles even if people are just starting out. But that's, that's a great, that's like, for us, that's our best warm-up pull up in a full body movement to get it, get your heart rate up. And it's been my experience that a lot of people have trouble with pull-ups uh, to do real, mm. no kidding, pull-ups. So we do a lot of pull-ups at the beginning of whatever we do here so we can emphasize that part of their uh, training when they're, at, when they're at their freshest. But to answer your question directly, people are probably mirroring uh, the routines that they do, and they're combining those with, uh, lots of running, I would say. That would be my guess, and I'm, I'm pretty sure. I mean, obviously, there's only there's only so much variation you're going to have in this. What would you say, what's your opinion about training in, in full gear in order to prepare you for the demands of an extra 50 to 75 pounds a kit or even more? I mean, this is this is something that you've you've got to train. If you if you're not and 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 the reason this is a big thing, and I talk about this a lot in my book, uh, because. I developed my program based on my experience as a Marine and also with 
uh, a lot of input from my buddies who are uh, lifetime firefighters, uh, SWAT cops, uh, even some construction workers, which I did a lot of construction work when I was a, when I was younger. And you've got to train with your gear. I mean, a fireman, when a fireman goes to a scene, he's in what they call full turnout gear, and he's going to have to wear all of his heavy protective equipment. He's, going to, he's not going to be standing there with nothing in his hands. He's got to carry something, either a Gilligan bar or oxygen or uh, some type of uh, entry equipment or a hose. I mean, it's just he, you've got to train the way you fight. So if you're an infantry guy, your basic fighting load of uh, water, ammo, protection, and calm uh, and weapon, I mean, that's 25 or 30 pounds right out of the box. So you've got to train with that. Now, now having said that, if you think, you know, uh, a lot of uh, what we do, like for my guys here, instead of outfitting them in a whole uh, series of deuce gear, pack, and, and flak check and everything else, we, have, we start out with a weight vest. And we start out with like 25 pounds. And then as time goes on over, I teach one course here, which is a 16-week uh, ground combat uh, course for infantry officers. And uh, we start out with like 25 pounds of weight, and we use uh, simple movements, uh, body weight exercises, and uh, a lot of hiking, what we call humping. And they carry they carry a uh, plastic rifle, which is you know we can't carry war weapons down here, but they carry a, a plastic M4 that's the exact size. And having said that, it's great, but you have to train smart. If you just say, and, and of course we wear boots. Uh, as opposed to sneakers or, or running shoes. You, you can't just throw somebody, you just can't put 25, 30, or 50 pounds of gear on somebody and say, you know, just do this or do that because they're, they're, they're going to be, they're going to get injured. It's something not only do you have to gradually build up for, but you also have to be, you, you have to be extremely careful about jumping, uh, up and down, uh, doing high impact type training, uh, especially when you're, doing things like an obstacle course or a day assault course, anything like that, uh, stair climbing, uh, going up and down hills or whatever, that you, you just have to be extremely careful. But to answer your question, you have to train with your gear. I mean, you know, this was something, you know, in the Marine Corps back in the early 80s when I came in, there was a lot of, uh, you know, there was a lot of PT, there was a lot of training in the Marine Corps that always was. But the emphasis to a certain extent uh, in a lot of ways was just on, passing the physical fitness test, which in the Marine Corps is three-mile run, pull-ups, and crunches. And you've seen a lot of kind of what you would call the 5K syndrome. You know, you'd see every day at lunch, you know, you'd see these people, officers and everybody else, they'd put their little running shorts on, and they'd go out, and they'd do a 5K, and, you know, they'd run, and they're always doing these fun runs and, and, and running the Marine Corps Marathon and everything, and that was like a big thing. And, but, it, you know, these people were really good shape. A lot of them were really good runners, but uh, you know, they didn't really train for the way that they were going to have to fight. Now, we got a new commandant, Al Gray, who came in and said, this is bullshit. And he started putting everybody in camis and started emphasizing more training with gear, carrying gear, doing more infantry uh, force marches, things like that, which I always thought was smart because it doesn't matter, to me, it doesn't matter in a real situation, you know, how fast you can run in sneakers and shorts, nylon shorts and a tank top. When you when you got to you know when you go forward you're going to be wearing all your gear you have to be you have to wear all your protective equipment you got to carry a weapon you got to carry ammo you got to carry water and that's just to start out with and if you get uh, if you're going to have a crew serve weapon if you've got to carry communication gear you got to carry uh, extra ammunition for crew serve weapons or mortars or whatever and you're going to be huffing some stuff man 
and you're going to be running up and down stairs, uh, you know, sprinting from one side of the street to the other, whatever it is. So you, the bottom line is you've got to wear your gear. But, but I say this, you've got to be smart about it. You've got to gradually build up your, build up your uh, uh, tolerance to a certain extent uh, and, and train smart. If you start jumping around with that stuff, you're going to get hurt. I'm seeing it more times than I can count. That's a that's a great segue to my next question. How can we decrease the landing injuries, landing in your full kit? Technically, you know, eccentric deceleration, but essentially dropping you know, dropping off the back of a, a truck bed in your full gear, and then you know, blowing out a knee or twisting an ankle. How can you reduce this type of injury? What's your opinion? Well, you know, that's a great question. That's that's something that I'm sure that uh, the military has been trying to answer since they began and actually started looking at this. I know airborne units uh, build in a certain amount of JIs, jump injuries, into every jump they do. Uh, even the best trained guys, uh, you know, airborne trained and they're carrying a lot of gear and everything else and they do everything right and they still have a certain percentage of injuries uh, no, no matter what. Uh, it, it, it's it's really more about being smart than anything else. If you just jump off the back of a seven-ton, which is about four feet off the ground, at least in the back at the lowest point with all your gear and hit the ground, you can very easily get hurt. And I don't care who you are. I don't care how, how fit you are, how strong you are. You can very easily get hurt. Uh, wearing your gear correctly, wearing the lightest possible gear, reducing your load, uh, you know, in the Marine Corps, we always talk about reducing, you know, carrying what we need but not what we want sometimes. And and, and uh, good footwear, you know, the boots that we have nowadays are so much better. The gear is better. It's lighter. It's more protective. It's it's uh, more comfortable. It, it sheds heat better and when we need it to and all that. But, you know, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, it's not something that I, I probably... It's out of my trade grade. I'm sure there's some medical doctors that have looked into this. But I, I think it's a matter, more than anything else, is it's a matter of being smart. Uh, you know, of course. Now, now let's take, for example, firemen. Uh, firemen are trained, and I'm not a fireman, but I have, I have a friend who I went to school with and I've known for 30 years and who's a battalion fire chief. And I talk to him a lot. About uh, about fireman fitness and injuries and a lot of other things, and one of the things he told me is that firemen on the scene are trained not to run. You are not supposed to be running around a fire scene with all your gear on because number one, uh, the gear's heavy. Number two, there's a lot of stuff around that you can trip on, and now and now you're a casualty, and now you need help instead of being able to help other people. So that's I think a lot of it, in my opinion, is is being is uh, being smart. And not and and trying to avoid these kind of things because in honesty, if you're carrying 50 pounds of gear and a heavy weapon in your hand and you jump off something high, you can very easily get hurt. And I don't care who you are. Mm. A tough question, though. I, not a, not a, I don't have a good answer for that one. How important is it to train uh, in an adrenalized state? Uh, so, in other words, just getting your heart rate up. If you're training correctly. Uh, you know, if you're if you're an aerobic if you're aerobically fit, and you've built up the necessary amount of, frankly, from pain tolerance when it comes to fatigue and uh, stress, then you'll be able to deal with it. Um, you know, I, I don't. I think that that's just that's the nature of the beast. I mean, you're going to be you're going to be stressed. You're going to be tired. 
the better condition you're in, uh, the better trained you are, the better people you have leading you and the people around you. It's going to take a lot. But I don't, I don't think that, I don't know if there's necessarily a method to say, well, we're going to train in a, you know, a, a state of an adrenaline rush. You know, the thing is, really, when you really get down to it, an adrenaline rush has a downside. You get scared or you get pumped up, and it's inevitably it's a, a, it's a physical reaction. That what what's going to happen uh, within about thirty seconds? You're going to come down. You're going to crash. You're going to be tired. So it's better it's better to keep yourself on an even keel. At least that's in my mm. opinion. I don't I don't know about uh, you know how important it is to train for that specific state. I mean. There may, like I say, there may be some doctor somewhere, somewhere that'll give you some some gouge on that. My my view is get in the best possible condition, do the right thing, and uh, you'll be able to deal with it. What future trends do you see regarding tactical strength and conditioning? Well, the trend that's the trend that's been going for quite a while now is to basically to kind of step back from the bodybuilding uh, and and sports conditioning and be more uh, specific and be more practical and less superficial, I guess, is the best word. I mean, if you remember when I was a kid, uh, when I was a teenager and I was working out and starting to really, you know, look around, uh, the big, th- the two big things were to be like Arnold pumping iron, you know, you or you know, professional football player. You wanted to be huge, strong. You wanted to look great, or you wanted to prepare yourself for a particular sport. Like I wrestled, and we had particular things that we did. I also did some Olympic weightlifting and some uh, powerlifting, and there were specific routines developed for that. Now, when I got in the Marine Corps, it was completely different because you find out real quick that being big and bulky. Is not the way to go. I mean, you have to run, and uh, you know you have to carry gear and carry people and run and work and everything else. So it's a different type of fitness. I think the trends are the trends are becoming more um, more scientific to a certain extent because I think they have better ways to track data, to track injuries, to track performance, and they have more people that are more in tune to uh, this. This this type of thing, uh, you know, especially with um, you know uh, injuries, uh, injury prevention, uh, nutrition. I mean, when I came in, believe me, people survived on you know chow hall food, beer, and and cigarettes, and you know, <laughs> right. tobacco. Honestly, I mean that was that was it. And I have a buddy I work with is a Navy SEAL, and he was he actually came in three or four years, like four or five years, I think he came in at 75, 76. And he's a high speed, he's, he's a tough bastard, believe me. But, you know, he told me, that, you know, special diets, special special boots, special clothes, what are you kidding me? I mean, and they were considered on the cutting edge, like they are now, of, you know, equipment. And so this the trend is becoming more, uh, I don't want to say scientific, I guess scientific would be a good word, but... I think it's more closely monitored and watched. Uh, you know, in the old days, they just say, "Oh, okay, we're just going to go for a run." And depending on depending on who was in charge of you, you know, your training would be kind of almost to their preference. If you had a guy you worked for, 
who was a big runner, you did a lot of running. If you had a guy you worked for who was a big weightlifter, you did a lot of weightlifting. I can tell you, when I first came in, uh, I, I was in a unit, and our CO was a marathoner, and our XO was a triathlete. Now, this was before, now, you know, not everybody was doing triathlons like they do now. I mean, this was this was an unusual thing. So we used to have some beat-down runs because that's what these guys liked, right? I mean, crazy 10-mile runs at 7-minute-a-mile pace, you know, and they would drop half the company, and they would just do it just to, you know, for their own thing. But I think the trend is more towards, and I think the trend also is away from heavy weights because, and I say, I talk about this in my book, I lifted very heavy. When I was younger and I was competing in powerlifting, competing in Olympic lifting, I lifted a lot. I, I, I went heavy, just like everybody else. That's what you need to do. But I, I found over time it didn't really – I don't feel any weaker now that I don't lift heavy now. Now, I might be weaker if you take me to the gym, and I've been stressed over 300 pounds before. I couldn't do that now. I wouldn't even try it. But I don't feel any weaker. In fact, I feel just as good physically, probably better. I'm more capable – uh, more uh, have a better ability to do more different things for longer or harder, I think, and actually even at a lighter body weight. Uh, I, I just don't think that the uh, the benefits of training with heavy weights, I say in my book, I don't think that you ever need to use, on a regular basis, you don't need to train with anything more than half your body weight. Uh, and, and, and I can give you workouts with half your body weight that will have, that'll have the average person puke in, in short order. So it's not... It's not that it's not hard. It's just I think it's more of a mindset. And then it's really specific, too. I mean, you've got guys, like we have different training programs here. We, have, we, we, send, we do prep school for BUDS and for EOD and for dive school. Of course, those guys are going to have to do a lot of swimming, a lot of swimming. The swimming is the hardest part for them. I mean, they, a lot of these guys come here from other countries. They can run all day. They can do pull-ups all day. They can't hardly swim. And if they can't mm-hmm. swim, they're not going to make it. Then there's other, you know, other jobs. People aren't going to be, aren't going to, aren't going to have to do that much swimming. So I think, I think the trend is more towards practicality, to be honest. Uh, you know, more focused on uh, what they need for their job. Uh, and and I, I also think that people are kind of moving away. And I know I moved away from this a long time ago. People have moved away from, I think, a lot of things like. And I still use them. It's like Nautilus, things like that. People have moved away from the machines, I think. Uh, it, it kind of explains the popularity of kettlebells. I started using kettlebells 15 or 20 years ago. People, people didn't know what the hell I was doing. Now, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting somebody. You can't. Everybody's a kettlebell expert now, right? It used to be it was only one or two places you could get a kettlebell. Now you can go into Walmart and they're selling kettlebells, right? So right, right. You could, yeah, it's absolutely true. I mean, you had the special order kettlebells from that Russian guy. Uh, <laughs> you, know, like, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, like, yeah, I do. Yeah. The only guy who had kettlebells. Now you can get them anywhere. It's the same thing with weight vests. Weight vests are becoming, I think, very, uh, very popular. And a lot more body weight exercises. Uh, you know, the, CrossFit was really big for a while, but I, I, I start to, and, and, and I never bought into the whole CrossFit thing. The people who train the hardest at CrossFit uh, are good at CrossFit. <laughs> you know what I mean? They get better at CrossFit, hence the CrossFit games, right? So many cleans, so many muscle ups, you know, this, that, and the other thing. But does it really, you know, does it, 
does it transfer into actual ability? Now, you look at the guy, like I saw an outside magazine, that guy who won the CrossFit Games. I don't remember his name, but he's a freaking beast. And I'm sure he's as fit as they come. But I know also know a lot of people that do CrossFit that are constantly injured, constantly injured, shoulder, back, neck, you name it. Always something, ankle, knee, you know. So I'm not a big proponent of something that you always have to worry about being injured. You know what I mean? Especially if you're gonna, yeah. if you're in, a, if you're in the military, if you're a fireman, if you're a fireman or a cop, that's even in some cases that's even worse because, like, you look at my buddy. I mean, my buddy, he's a battalion chief, but he still goes on scenes. He still has to put on his gear. And I mean, he's, you know. There's a lot of guys that are firemen and are cops that are older guys. Now, your regular cop on the beat, okay, but I have another friend here who's on the, in Pensacola who's on the SWAT team, and they do a lot of stuff with all their gear. You know, they're doing forced entries and, and ex- extractions and all this other stuff. I mean, it's hard stuff, and, and they may have to do that until they're just not physically able to do it. There is no age limit. So I think the trend... You know, without going on and on, I just think the trend is becoming more realistic, more practical, more portable in a certain sense. I mean, I tell my guys, I need a place to do pull-ups, a couple of kettlebells, and a place to run. And I can, mm. I can I give you a great workout. I don't even need to be in fact, I like to be outside more than inside if we can do it, you know. Uh, the weather and stuff makes it impractical sometimes to be outside. But... Uh, you know, I think it's more. I think it's more geared towards being practical, portable, uh, and 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 need. Let's just say need specific. Paul, thank you so much. Where can our listeners find you if they want to get a copy of your book, or if they want to send you an email, or if they want to just learn more about you? You can go to my website, www.corestrength.com, and uh, on my website there's an email link. You can email me with anything. Uh, any questions about my book, my system, or just if you just want to talk about fitness? You can find more about Paul on corestrength.com. That's C-O-R-P-S strength.com. Paul, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the call. I really appreciate it. Thank you for calling. Thanks a lot. 